0: everybody and welcome to Niboyne for a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games and TV shows and all the geeky things in between. I'm your host Nate and today we have guest James. Oh. And And uh, Doug. Hello. Uh, how, how are you guys doing today and uh, did you have a great holiday? Maybe watching, playing anything in particular good?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's been nice, nice place for me. I'm still on holiday, still not going back to work till next Monday. So uh... Yeah, same here. Um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, been, been been catching up on stuff like Big Spence, which is I, 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 I only I only just finished season five, which also it's absolutely amazing. Um, oh
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, oh, I still. I'm sorry. was going to me off on the season two. It's bloody out. No, yeah, I'm 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 exactly the same. Season six, I thought it was all dropping at once, but it was more like uh, it's coming out weekly. So I was like, nah, I'm probably just gonna wait till the end of the season. But I. The Expanse is one of those TV shows that just makes me think Mass Effect could work very well as a TV show if it done that way. Like, you know, a bit more sleek and everything because, you know, The Expanse is more grimy and dirty. It's more like the Star Trek, Star Wars side because obviously Star Trek is more utopian and Star Wars is more dystopian. And I feel The Expanse is like that side for Mass Effect. Like, you know, the designs of it and everything. And uh, yeah, Doug, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, I've been... um, It's been been a decent holiday fairly chill like was, a lot of it was just a reading actually but um i did find time i mean i've actually been watching a load of um i've been keeping up with the expanse I've, i'm just waiting for those last two episodes to drop i've been going through a bit of a star trek next generation phase recently i'm up to season four because like um but uh yeah one other game uh i did play a game as well um like that i'd that been meaning to for a while or got round to the dlc for the outer wilds oh nice is- oh it's so
0: good yeah so, i remember the uh, i remember you playing that at a, at a party once and that was that was pretty awesome i and I, obviously you know it was so weird that that game came out like this it was the same year as the outer worlds right so it's just like how yeah, everyone yeah. kept getting confused yeah like between them and it was just really awesome and star trek yeah i'm you know i everyone knows i love star wars but you know i grew up on star trek connection ds9 and voyager and enterprise until the ending um and i never actually watched next gen all the way through though i've heard like the first season isn't like they were still trying to figure themselves out and like it, after that
2: it picks up a lot after the first season like the the first season really just feels like a load of horny people in space it's a bit weird it was 1980s it was 1987 when that came out so don't forget the date on it but uh and then, and then all the sci-fi and like personal journey stuff really started kicking in, and um, it's been getting really good. There's a couple of cringe episodes. Uh, I've just got past the uh, Galaxy's Child, which, um, if you want to know why that one's cringe, you know, just do do a bit of googling. <laughs> um, but uh, it's still no, I'm still enjoying going through it.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so. Uh so now now that we're entering you know 2022 and all the possibilities coming with it good let's hopefully say they're good uh we thought we'd take this opportunity over the next few weeks uh to look back on the past year and find out what each of our top fives were for 2021 as philosophy uh, a few honorable mentions this includes movies tv shows video games and we're going to be starting with the uh, top five movies uh honestly there's been i feel 2021 was like sort of like the catch-up year, essentially like 2020 just like halted a lot of stuff in the entertainment industry everyone went oh god what are we going to do uh so was just like you know 2021 just sort of like oh you can have everything now just just everything and i know a lot of people just haven't had time to really catch up with everything that's coming out because there's there's just so much entertainment like just, just dropped throughout the year so yeah and yeah it's just ridiculous
2: yeah, I only made it to the cinema once this year, and, um, but and I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll mention what that was in a little bit because it was a film that made it to my top five.
0: Yeah, I, was, I, was, I have one of those uh, Cinema World Unlimited cards. Well, I had one of those Cinema World Unlimited cards and obviously they paused the subscription uh, during the whole COVID lockdown situation and I started paying from May again and I only cancelled it in November. So, and I didn't go at all in that time. I was paying 20 pounds a month for a card I wasn't using because it was just the it was getting there. So it's like 20 quid a month. And uh, the the irony starting this podcast up, it might have actually been good to keep that card. Uh, But, uh, you know, you live, you learn, you'll you'll go from there and everything. But yeah, no. uh, So, yeah, we're going to go into the uh, the top five list for how this is going to work. So for people out there, if you just want to know, we're going to run from the top five up to number one. Uh, We're also going to do the overall mentions first uh we'll start with the top five go around each person and then after that we'll have a little discussion or little breakdown and everything but if someone's on that list and top five is actually high on someone else's we'll have a very brief conversation about it then but then we'll, when we get to that person on the list we'll say basically we'll have a longer discussion there and uh yeah that's pretty awesome and also Stay tuned for the end because we'll also be having a nice lengthy discussion about the Netflix movie Don't Look Up, which recently just came out. It's actually a very interesting film with uh, some interesting topics and yeah it will be spoiler it will be there will be spoilers in that so we we will uh forewarn you ahead of time uh please note though when we're doing the top five lists we won't be spoiling anything from these movies so don't worry about that though if you have any queries or questions uh we'll let you know at the end if you wanted us to talk about those movies later on in the year we may do that uh for a couple of these movies we won't be talking about anything even seen in the trailers because james hasn't actually even seen the trailer to spider-man yet He's uh, presuming you're waiting until Disney Plus, James, essentially, for uh, Spider-Man.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think that's the best way to go about it, you know, safety first and everything, because, you know, I can't, I could talk now. I've had COVID now. I'm still recovering, so that's, uh, that was a lovely Christmas present for me. Is a like, yeah la 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 Yeah, so that was, uh, that was very lovely for me. Uh, so, yeah, um... Let's uh let's start with our honourable mention show. I don't know if you guys have any any honourable mentions yourself. I do myself, but uh, uh let's let's start with James and then Doug and myself. So James, do you want to start us off?
1: Uh, so I've only got one honourable mention, and it's for the top five movies. Uh, so this is this just part of a franchise, but I but I love, uh, and I enjoyed watching this film, but I am a little bit I'm a little bit skeptical about some of the choices they've made in in. in uh, adapting this franchise to this film. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why it doesn't quite make my top five. Um, and that's the Witcher, not um animated film. Um, I might say I really did enjoy, I really didn't enjoy that, but um, I think it was more of a case that the top five that I have, uh, they're all just, uh, just better films. Um, but it was definitely interesting having a prequel to the uh, TV show. Uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely interesting
0: no i get you there no that's actually uh that's actually one of the uh honorable mentions on my list as well actually uh it was really interesting the fact that like netflix is pumping. like i think they found their lord of the rings essentially like they found their big fantasy series and you know with the lovely henry cavill and everything uh, <laughs> but like the animated film itself was absolutely brilliant it was um just trying to remember who exactly. Anim- I know. Oh, actually, that was it. Studio Mur, Studio. Uh, I think it's pronounced Mur Actually, did the uh, the animation for that. And they did. They did the. um They did some of the work on the Legend of Korra series. They did the Voltron Legendary Defender. And um, they did Dota, uh, which is one of the more recent things. Obviously, Netflix is getting more into their. They're really pumping out their video game animation stuff, which is. We'll definitely have a discussion with that probably later on as well in the TV show section. Uh, and they also did a uh, animated show called Kipo and the Age of the Wond- Wonder Beasts, and Mortal Kombat: uh, Scorpion's Revenge. So they've really been like pumping out their animation. And yeah, I definitely agree, James. It's uh it's an, it's definitely an interesting uh, movie. And I was actually quite shocked where they went with the uh, narrative towards the end. Obviously, not going to go into spoilers for some people. But and the movie's actually quite lengthy. It's like an hour and I want to say an hour and forty minutes long. Uh, or, or it's just it's just actually no, it's just under an hour and a half. But like the animation's beautiful. Um, it's actually produced by the uh, by the showrunner of, uh, The Witcher, uh, Lauren Schmidt uh, Hitsrich. So that's actually pretty awesome. But yeah, no, I definitely agree, James. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Doug, have you got any honorable mentions yourself?
2: Yeah, I've got two. I think I want to mention uh, one because it was a film that didn't quite make my list, but I really enjoyed, and the other one which I. Didn't enjoy a lot, but I think it's really a good one to talk about. So the one I liked, like, so I like, I enjoyed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So I only saw it fairly, fairly recently, but, um, it was a, that was a good fun Marvel film. It was a little different. The action in it was, it was refreshing. Like, um, you, it felt like it had a lot of the, um, it felt like it had a lot of, the fun and the pull of uh, the old martial art films where like the act, it was coherent, it was underdoggy and it remained interesting the way it pulls in pieces of the environment. That was, that was good. I mean, it did get, it did get a bit, um, it did get a bit, uh, overly VFX.
0: It got a bit marvelly at mm-hmm. the end. Was like I could, was... uh, yeah. I, I could, I could definitely say that it is in my top five. So that's yeah, yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely got some, <clears throat> some, like, I, I definitely agree with you a lot on a lot of that. I actually did include it in my top five. We'll get, when we get to that, but yeah. I it definitely does... agree when it gets to the end.
2: It's funny, it does feel like almost every so many things that Marvel released now are really good, really interesting stories that just get a bit marvely at the end. Even like Wonder as a TV series was the same. It feels like they kind of have to do it to pay someone off. Uh I'll very quickly mention the other film, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if you want to do a longer discussion about another time. That film is Tenet. Uh, oh, the Tenet, was... I I didn't really enjoy it a lot. I thought like, um, like, uh, I thought Chris Nolan was doing some very, like, it w- it was a nice puzzle he was creating, um, with the way things are. And part, like, I'm almost more interested to try and start like drawing flow graphs about the film, like rather than the word of the actual film. Cause it was, it was strange. It felt like it lacked a lot of character and charisma, even though the sci-fi aspect of it, there was a really interesting concept, but I don't think it delivered a story on it. So it, It's It's not a film I liked loads, but I find it interesting to talk about.
0: Which is interesting because obviously Nolan has actually been quite known well for his narrative in his movies and like the acting and everything. Like you know, I've I uh, as a few people know, I've never seen The Prestige. I which is really uh, really uh, away from me because I'm I'm a huge fan of like the all the actors in it. But someone ruined the film for me before I saw it, so it was just like. That's one of those films, like you know, Sixth Sense, like those sorts of films. If you know what's going to happen, the the whole thing is just it mm. doesn't work out essentially. Like I'm just checking up on it now, and I didn't even know Andy Circus was in the movie, and that that's a that's pretty interesting to look back on.
2: I think it, yeah, I mean, I would still recommend the film on the case of like if you like if you like good acting and good scenes, it does deliver. It's not all about the twist, even though that is a really punishing film to have the twist ruined on.
0: Yeah, um, no, uh, yeah, it's because I, I, you know, I liked Inception. You know, I love the Batman movies. Dark Knight uh, Rises, maybe not as much as the other two, but I think a lot of people have issues with that movie at, at points. With Uh and uh... <laughs> that <was> so funny. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> I like, I like, I like, I like It was good. going? I thought Ben
1: was
0: I, I yeah. like I like some of the stuff. Just you know, maybe a bit clearer with the microphone, maybe. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, after Inception, though, like I haven't seen Interstellar. Like I, I will admit, people have told me to watch it, and I just I, how how did I put it? I'm nolan out. I think uh. that was the way to put it. Because obviously, someone said to me, like with Tenet, even the people in the film don't even know what's going on. They can't even explain what's going on half to, which is which is so so mind-boggling the fact that you're creating a film which trying to explain what's going on and your your characters in the film don't even know what's going on and i also think like you know uh, obviously john david washington is the lead actor in it obviously the son of denzel washington uh which is uh, which not many people know and i think he's definitely an up upcoming actor he was in a film recently with uh, adam driver the B- black klansman which i've heard really was good.
2: it was That's so good, good. the black black klansman's fantastic and he is amazing in it it felt like he barely showed up for tenet it's
0: yeah. so strange i know some people have been saying because obviously there's this recent uh, f- uh controversy well not controversy but thing going on with like hashtag recast uh t'challa so uh like mm. how like obviously uh you know the amazing chadwick Bozeman passed away mm. uh very suddenly at uh, 46 i want to say i think it was 46 mm. and um a lot of people are saying like you know with him you can recast the character because it's been happening with so many comic book characters but i think so many people are ingrained in like you know having that character it's so personal to them and it feels very like hard to do it but obviously um even uh chadwick boseman's brother has come out and said recast i, I believe there was the article car say basically recast the character like you know the character is a legacy, and Chadwick won that as well. Because you don't want to lock a character away who's so integral, you know, in Black culture to in Marvel films. The, the big well, outside of, the only other person outside is probably Blade, like leading role, you know, to just lock that character away essentially. Obviously, Black Panther is a title, but. To Charlotte is a character, and uh, John David Washington is actually one of the actors that people have suggested for that. Maybe that's a discussion later down the line. But uh, yeah, no tenet though. Uh, the one other person I'm definitely rooting for is um, Robert Pattinson, because obviously you know he's been awesome. he's he's <laughs> no more sparkly vampire anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. he, you know he he's becoming a, such a great actor, and people have been like still see him as the Twilight boy, everything. But he's done some amazing movies, and I've... I think this year
2: i have seen the lighthouse that was
0: good. oh god <laughs> jesus that film and william william defoe as well like yeah. that yeah that's um that that was uh, an
2: that was an acting film that was oh, so yeah. good yeah uh
0: but yeah acting. obviously acting <laughs> <laughs> but no uh, i think uh with the batman this year uh that's just gonna be cementing like robert pattinson is just don't mess with this actor because he, he could pretty much do a lot to be honest so and how that film's going to go pretty interesting
2: i hope it does because actually like i think it's it's good thing for robert pattinson and that but actually i don't think that has there really been a big history of batman films making an actor because i found that there's a lot of people that actually they do batman and actually they, they,
0: they kind of edge away from it after a bit so i so- I could see that, you know, I, I could definitely see that. I think um, Michael Keaton maybe because Michael Keaton was known as a very comedic actor before Batman and he took on more dramatic roles after that, um, which is pretty awesome. Obviously, that's going back over 30 years now, God, uh, 32 mm-hmm. years now, and obviously he's coming yeah. back again. Um, but in regards to um, Patterson, though, I'd say it's more the case of like a lot of people know he's a good actor, but I think the the more main culture will find out how he is. Because obviously the director is Matt Reeves, the, the man who directed the recent uh, last two Planet of the Apes movies, which I thought, I think that trilogy is one of the best trilogies in my opinion. And he also directed uh, Cloverfield, oh, nice. which is uh, pretty awesome. And obviously they're saying this movie is going to be like seven and uh, like, you know, with the, the, you know, all these, all these like tropes and it's going to be a lot darker and it's in its own separate universe. So there's no Snyder uh uh aspect there which is going to be okay. pretty awesome but yeah no uh Fair yeah uh, that's that's awesome as you as you can tell people this uh podcast might diverge into other topics but we will take it back to uh the uh top five this. so th- i believe that's your top five uh, that sorry that's your honorable mentions doug is that correct
2: that was yes awesome shang chi and tenet
0: cool yeah so my honorable mentions we won't hugely go into like on a huge tangent because i've got like five of them but uh start off at the bottom uh, godzilla versus kong I actually quite enjoyed. Uh, that was a movie where I think that was the Batman versus Superman we actually needed. Uh, so it was actually a you know proper fights in the movie. Um, two huge fights. People just wanted them to go toe to toe. There was obviously some extra characters later on in the movie, which I was everyone knew was coming from the trailers. But if you didn't, pretty awesome to see. I need just, to like,
2: watch. I need to watch this new monster era of films. Yeah,
0: they're they're very they're very like. <sighs> It's interesting how the movies have gone. Like, I feel Skull Island is brilliant. Like, um, you know that that's a brilliant film. Like, the fact that it's set in the seventies, and like it's this it's this it's this timely piece and everything. And the actors in it are brilliant. And setting Kong as like this um rising character really does help him. Uh, the Godzilla movies have been interesting to say the least. Like the first <laughs> Godzilla movie advertised brian cranston a lot and aaron taylor johnson and uh, elizabeth olsen which was interesting because they just played siblings and now they were playing husband and wife which is a very you know age of ultron and godzilla i think almost came out within a year of each other
2: oh uh, true.
0: yeah and then you had um and then you had uh there was a couple more godzilla movies uh but uh king of the monsters was pretty good uh that introduced millie bobby brown and uh that was that was pretty interesting how they did that but i think the recent one how they're they are trying to create this universe essentially. um because obviously, you know, the, the this comes from a Japanese legacy of so many creatures, so many kaiju, um so many creatures they can do that how how you could just go about it, how many characters you could introduce. like they started introducing them in the King of the Monsters movie, and then it's just taken it to a whole new level here. And I think it just understood what it was. Like I would not be surprised if Pacific Rim somehow links into this eventually, like, that would be amazing in my opinion. Cause so I I like those movies. They were stupid fun. Well, not that was stupid, like the first one was really good.
2: In my so like the Kai, the kaiju cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's pretty much it. I mean it, what that was the that was the sixties to the eighties. That was pretty much it. You know, they had so many kaiju movies. Uh, yeah, so that was a Godzilla vs. Kong. Um so I just take a little drink, people. Uh, my next one is Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh mm yeah so it's a a disney animated movie um more eastern culture and it actually stars an actress in this aquafine who's actually in my list as well later later on Ah. uh but the movie itself deals with like uh trying to get this object back to fix the world essentially and the animation's beautiful and yeah i just i just thought it was a really good movie to be honest it's not overly long as well it's just one of those movies where you could sit back turn off i thought the animation was beautiful fighting uh, and it had a bit of an Avatar: The Last Airbender vibe to it to a degree because there's different cultures that represent different things, and I thought it was thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, my next uh, on my list is uh, Nobody. Uh, that Yay. actually starts uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, going from uh, Breaking Bad to uh, Breaking People. Uh, that I think that's a pretty uh, pretty awesome film. The that movie pretty much cements like. Whereas no. in John Wick, he just keeps getting up. And you know, he could knock him down, he keeps getting up. Whereas nobody you hit him and it you actually feel the punches.
1: Like, so on your um, honorable mentions. That's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, so my some five.
0: Right then, people. So that brings yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that's maybe we'll probably come back to later then. So that's nobody. Uh, my next movie honorable mentions, which people might be surprised of. I actually put eternals in my honorable mentions. I actually I did like the movie a lot. It was really good, in my opinion. But uh, I feel that... Uh, I feel like it would have been better as a Disney Plus series. Like, you know, you had these 10 characters and, and over, the story's over 7,000 years, essentially. And I think it would have worked better as the Disney Plus series. I know, I know uh, James hasn't actually seen this yet, I, I presume?
2: Uh, no, not yet. I haven't either, actually. <laughs>
0: So, it Mid- does come out no, no. next week, though. I'll watch it on stream. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I will not divulge on that anymore, but I, actually did, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed the post credit scene, and I won't obviously spoil it, but uh, me and a couple of other people actually have a little... We know a lot about comic book stuff and everything. It was very interesting how they went about it. Someone spoiled one of the post credit scenes for me, which was really frustrating, which they shouldn't have done because it was a big news outlet, which was annoyed a lot of people. But when you see it, Maybe it's a conversation we can have later on because it's, it's definitely <laughs> an interesting movie to have a conversation about, to be honest. And the amount have actors in, like, some Hayek, Angelina Jolie, uh, Richard Madden, you know, all these people <clears throat> and just how it goes. And my final one, obviously, uh, The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, which obviously we uh, just had a discussion with James about how the animation was uh, really awesome. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the movie. But yeah, that's uh, that's our honourable mentions, people. I,
1: I want to chuck in. Actually, now you of Pixar got me thinking a little bit. Uh, I was want to chuck in one more honourable mention. Um, not last year, but right at the end of last year, so I think it counts. And that's Salt. Um nice, yeah. So yeah. I am yeah. gonna say it just misses out my top five, but uh, that, that is a really good film. I do recommend it. I
2: nearly I nearly added that to my list as well, but I, I thought that was a twenty twenty one, at least I think it was. But um twenty fifth of
1: December, um, Well, according straight straight on to release, but according to Wikipedia.
2: Yeah. So um, I probably did watch it in 2021, then. So you know, yeah, I'll, I'd happily call it an honourable mention too. It wouldn't be my top Pixar, but it was a it was a really good film. Like it was some good character exploration. Didn't it actually go the way I expected it to. I thought they were going to uh, yeah. go a slightly different way with. Um, I, I thought they were going to like. Um, it's not spoilers because it doesn't happen. Um, but uh, I thought they were going to focus more on the fact that actually teaching is a passion in his life. I kind of felt that was going to happen. I wonder if that's a possible script and like that was a possible ending that they moved away from at some point. It w- it felt like it was setting that up very well, but I still thought it was, I saw, uh, no, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, it's a great film. Obviously, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey and actually a lot of different, like even Graham Norton's that like, one of the main characters in that movie, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But yeah, I do agree, James. I, I actually forgot that film came out at the end. Actually, I thought it was 2021 as well, but so yeah that's our that's our honorable mentions people uh if but yeah let's let's get into our top five shall we so uh let's start with james again
1: my number five um is for long halloween part one and part two uh it's a uh, dc movies, Batman long halloween um i'm not a massive comic book reader but i do enjoy the uh, dc uh movies that they do and yeah, I I I I I heard that Long Halloween was one of the uh, better client ones, and I really enjoyed the enjoy, enjoyed both films. But it was it was a nice little kind of uh, mixture, and uh, yeah, it's decent.
0: Honestly, the the DC animated like I feel DC like up until recently. You know, i have seen Marvel's wife series has just recently come out, but marvel has killed it pretty much in the film department dc has been more spotty whereas i think in their um animation like dc have been the king pretty much like in their tv shows obviously the classic animated batman series and all the recent iterations that come up to it. also funny enough dc actually started the multiverse first on screen so you know marvel started later oh. <laughs> but no obviously that movie stars um jensen ackles who finally got to play batman after seeing it in supernatural that big meme going i'm batman all those uh, all those times and um uh, obviously uh, uh um let's uh mention uh naya rivera who unfortunately passed away recently as well uh really? so she uh, voiced catwoman uh just want to confirm uh, yeah, she uh, she voiced uh, Catwoman, but yeah, she passed away recently, so it's actually uh, pretty tragic. But I think she passed away before the second part came out as well. Obviously, that's I'm not confirmed that, but I believe that is the case. But yeah, no, I've I've heard the films really good. I need actually need to watch the um, recent movies because I haven't watched the uh, Man of Tomorrow or Justice Society World War Two. Uh, I after Flashpoint, I haven't actually seen any of the movies after Flashpoint. Uh, oh, oh no, no, sorry. Um, what was the Justice League Dark? Oh, basically where they reset the timeline. Justice League Dark Apocalypse or was it something like that?
2: We're out of ideas. Let's reset the timeline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? That's yeah. how it works, DC. That's how they did it in yeah. the comic books. Like nineteen eighties, there were so many different titles. They went, just do it, just wipe it. Just wipe everything. Just do it. And they just wiped. It. They just had they had a they had a character called the anti monitor eat all the universes and then just crap one out. And that was the <laughs> that was the new that that was the new universe. And yeah, that's how the silver and the gold age and why stuff in the recent age happened?
2: Amazing.
1: It gets a little bit. It it, it. it gets a little bit too crazy for me sometimes some of the comic book stuff. I, I'm not such a fan of Justice League animations, but the Batman animations they do do some good, uh, good storylines though. Actually, compare Under the Hood, uh, one of one of the best ones from a few years back. Um,
0: starring Jensen yeah. Ackles as well as uh, as uh, Jason Todd. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's James's uh, number five. Uh, Dirk, what's your number five?
2: So mine, and uh, it's the last uh, superhero-based thing in my list um, from here. It, number five is Black Widow.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah,
2: like um, I yeah, I got a lot, I got a lot out of that film. Um, it uh, it didn't even get too marvelly at times, but um, I thought it was like for the most part, like it was some fairly decent action. But um, that wasn't the thing that really kept me in it. Like, what kept me in it was like uh, the human stories of it, the family like stories and explorations, and it was really funny. Yeah, David like, Harbour was brilliant. He was really good. It's it was Florence Pugh. I, I know that's for me like the star performer in mine. Like, uh, and the, how how they were able to use her to kind of satirize um the seriousness of Black Widow and just kind of make the light of that. And it also gave um Scarlett Johansson, like um Black Widow, it gave her a bit of a mirror to be a bit to be human as well. Like when they're all shouting at each other across the table, like dinner table type thing. Um it was yeah, it was good fun. It it, get, it got a bit over agendary at times near the end. It was it's not a bad agenda um for the the kind of the message the film's kind of kind of playing with, but it just felt heavy handed. And they've still got a problem with the male gaze in these films. Um,
0: yeah, I get that. For, like um, oh, uh, sorry, you cut out there, Doug.
2: Yeah, I've, got, I've definitely got some connection problems here. Uh, I won't talk for too long then. But yeah, I, no, I enjoyed that film a lot, and it's it's nice to see it's it's nice to see humans in these superhero films.
0: <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. Um, like how like David Harbaugh, I thought was hilarious. as like a a drunk counterpoint to Captain America, which I thought was hilarious. Um, The fact that Florence Pugh plays on the whole superhero landing joke, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) And uh, I I, I love the commentary on that. I I do think one of the, one of the weak parts of the films was Ray Winston. Um, Obviously he's such a powerhouse of an actor from his, you know, some of his films, but I do think the villain was probably one of the weakest parts, especially Taskmaster. Like Taskmaster is such a, you know you know powerful character in the comic books at times because obviously he can mirror any other person but i feel that that character was underutilized so I-, I hope maybe it does come back to that character later on so you know the visuals look good i thought i actually thought how they like because obviously taskmaster is known as like um a very specific style and i thought it was actually okay how they did it uh i do like how it's i do i do feel the movie should have been done sooner than how, than where it was in the uh the movies i i, I think it has a nice payoff but I think doing a Black Widow movie like so late on, especially after Endgame, mm. I think it should have been done sooner. Like because you know, obviously these movies have been out since 2008, and pretty much every other Avenger had their film around the first phase, but it was just only Black Widow really and Hawkeye who didn't have that. It was ironically the two, the two very base level human characters who didn't have those movies mm. essentially you know even even hulk who obviously there's a you know licensing issue that had one movie in phase one but yeah what, what about you james what do you what do you think about that
1: yeah i mean they, they i mean one thing about taskmaster they clearly um they clearly have a wrong actor playing taskmaster it clearly should have been brug davis <laughs>
2: You obviously if you're greg an, davies in a marvel film oh my god if you're an,
0: if you're if you're one of our uh non-british listeners right now uh, Task, uh, uh taskmaster is a british tv show where people are given tasks uh, to perform and it's been hosted by comedian greg davis and he is a very funny man very large man indeed uh and i'm not gonna lie to see him in a taskmaster outfit to try and do that movie would actually absolutely have been hilarious and if you don't
2: know who Greg Davis is, like take Hodor from Game of Thrones, and then imagine that he ate Rick Mail, and that's
0: basically Greg Davies. Yeah, pretty. That is pretty much it, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, that that's uh, that's top top five there. Um, so we've done your guys' top five. Is it my turn now?
2: It's your turn, Nate.
0: Oh, uh, mine is Free Guy, uh, the recent uh, Ryan Reynolds movie uh, uh, published originally published supposed to be published by 20th century fox and then after the buyout disney because <laughs> obviously you know
1: i've got the one file
0: on my list uh, so three guys higher on your list okay high cool. on my list, yes yeah, so, uh, obviously directed by sean levy uh who also did the night of the museum series real steel which is i actually really love that film obviously it's the rock and suck and robots live action movie essentially uh stein so ryan reynolds jodie Comer, little Lil ray howard and a few other actors Obviously, we don't want to spoil it because it's actually quite funny with there's people in it. But there's definitely some scenes in that movie which i uh, will just going i will uh, go into it later. But like, I actually did annoy a few people with my reactions in that film. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number five. So, James, do you want to take us to your number four? Yeah, uh, no, nobody
1: by uh, well with Bob Odenkirk and Bob Brown, who's also in it, um, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that's 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 my number four. Um, I, I like a good action film. Um, probably some good, plenty of good action scenes. Um, I enjoyed. I mean, my, my stories are you know, seeing those kind of films, but you know, they're, they're decent enough to hold it together. Um, but as I say, you can't go wrong with Bob Erden Kirk or uh, Chris Lloyd both brilliant actors. Yeah, I can't spoil. I can't, can't, can't spoil too much. But people, one thing I will say about nobody, which I'm disappointed with, is that the director came out and said that it's got nothing to do with John Wayne.
0: I was just
2: about
1: because to say it that. Feels, <laughs> it, feels, it feels, like, it, 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 definitely watching it, it felt like it could be part of the same universe. I
0: bet, I, I bet, because I'm, gonna, I'm going to double check this because I, I think they're the same uh, production company. Because if they are, then they have no excuse not to attempt it. Um, who actually did this movie? Let's, 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 let's have, let's have a Google, shall we? Let's, let's figure out who this is. So uh um,
1: definitely in, in terms of who who who's written diversity
0: uh, like that so, right? so I so it turns out I think they are actually different uh production companies. Oh uh, yeah, so um right. nobody is universal and uh John Wick is Lionsgate. So unfortunately, you know, I definitely agree with you James. Like some some of those, yeah. the the scenes in that movie, even some of the scenes in that movie are pretty much almost John Wick essentially and Even some like the narrative choices definitely could be linked easily. You could easily tie back to that and link it up. And how it goes from like such a a, like even like a very slow paced community beginning to see the build up of this character essentially break his bonds, essentially like who's just, you know, who, who just wants obviously without spoiling too much. You see, you know, trailers and stuff like that. But you know, and the rawness of the movie, like you, you feel every punch. Like where's some of the fight movies? You get these fight scenes where they go for ten minutes, going through buildings, through floors, and they get back up, dust themselves yeah. off, and nobody. Like it is pretty much. In, in,
1: in, in, I mean, nobody. You both see Bob Odenkirk's character. He starts off as being a fine man. You you see him breaking bad.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, yeah, pretty much it. Um, like. That, that, that obviously it's in the trailers, but the bus scene, the initial fight bus scene, because that's quite early on in the film, that was just so good. Like how, like how it was shot and how ironically two films this year which had amazing bus scenes. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, obviously there's a huge parallel between them. But I think like how that worked out was pretty awesome. And I definitely recommend that movie to people. And it's not long either. It's actually how long is that film it is uh, it's it's literally just over an hour and a half long so you know it's it's oh, a, wow. It's actually nice to see movies not go over the two and a half hour mark sometimes i love those movies but and nate also likes her toilet break sometimes so it is <laughs> it's nice to have those shorter films uh cool right uh, so that's uh james's number four uh doug what is your number four
2: okay so my number four is bo burnham's inside
0: ah, that does count as a film, doesn't it, it?
2: Yeah. I think it technically does count as a film, like the Netflix special, the um, yeah, the, the existential dread em up. Um, it, Yeah, like, I think it, there, was, there was so much to talk about in it. It's, um, there's, it was quite a, it was such a, I think it's such a powerful experience for so many of us for so many reasons. Like, it was just so timely. So much being about us all in the kind of isolated way we are, as like in the lockdowns that we are constantly going in and out of at the moment and hopefully hopefully this episode will sound really dated if it's ever referenced in a couple of years but um but it's also some yeah it was some good kind of close to the nut reflections on like the other kind of isolations and um the kind of drowning in the internet and information and like and a kind of gratification and other people's expectations of us and all of these all of the anxieties around it, and it, they're so nicely done, musically done. And it was such a piece of work for someone to do, pretty much on their own in a room, just with some clever lighting, well, and good material. I think, and it, it was, it was a really powerful watch. Some of the songs still stick with me, and it was, and it's a really impressive achievement. So yeah, Bo Burnham's Inside for me at number four.
0: I actually like. I'm not going I'm. I'm gonna admit. I've only seen half of it for some reason i stopped halfway through i think because i was watching at like one o'clock in the morning and it got to like a very heavy part of one of the songs i was like oh, i'm too tired i can't focus i'll come back to it later and yeah it, heavy. yeah and it's it's interesting because obviously you know it does have a reflection on him turning 30 um mm-hmm. and everything and there's another film uh, last uh, come out last year unfortunately i never got to see it in the end but i actually do love some films so tick, tick, boom. It's actually about um, Jonathan Larson, the guy who uh, created Rent. It's a musical uh, movie uh, starring Andrew Garfield. Um, actually, about his life, before, um, uh, who obviously unfortunately passed away. Uh, he was uh, 35. He died of a I, I, I won't uh, specify what he died from because I can't remember off the top of my head. But you no, know, yeah, that movie actually does have a uh, an entire song about like you know turning 30 and where your life is at that point and everything, and actually has like a nice. A really nice parallel to that i was actually th- i'm actually just dawning on me now about that and um, i'm i'm kind of sad i never saw that film during when it came out uh boom uh, i've definitely film i'll be watching because andrew garfield is pretty much an amazing actor and i could do anything he wants obviously not going into much else but yeah no i i've definitely think i'm gonna go back and watch uh um bo burnham's inside because um, i'm de- and i'm definitely looking forward to see what seeing what he does next
2: yeah i wouldn't expect a sequel in such like it, it's kind of um this was like a comedian's repertoire. Like it was a com- it was a show. So like um, as things go on, like he'll do. I mean, I wonder if he would do a special like that again, or whether he would just do more normal compilations of jokes, like in the comedian way. But it will be, yeah, it will be interesting because it he's been away for a bit. He took some real time out for like mental health and things like that. Because um, yeah, you know, it all came ca- crashing down for a while. Some of this was about that. But yeah, anyway, what's your What's your number four, Nate.
0: My top, uh, my number four is uh, Shang Chi.
2: Ah, uh, we're back to the yes, yeah. So
0: we've uh, yeah. So obviously, Shang Chi came out in uh, September this year. Uh, Marvel, uh, recent Marvel movie directed by Daniel, Destin, Cretton, starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, and Tony Leung, and in a great performance is the uh, not the Mandarin or is he the Mandarin? Uh, as a nice little uh, in in way in that movie about that actually, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, uh brilliant brilliant film i de- going back to what you said earlier but about the the martial arts doug i I definitely agree with how that movie is i think out of all the marvel films comic book films we've had thus far that pretty much is the top to be honest i think the the fight court uh, fight stunt team in that film should just be consulted on every other marvel film going forward because it what maybe maybe consulted to a point because obviously shang chi is supposed to be the the best martial artist in the marvel universe he's supposed to be the top tier top tier person and i think like that movie definitely reflects it and there are certain scenes in that film that are definitely reminiscent of hong kong cinema which they actually did pick up on like uh jackie chan films like you know uh the uh crane towel which is obviously reminiscent of uh you know uh obviously uh, police story um and obviously uh, rush hour two uh there's uh another film. Uh, but yeah, um I know they I know they actually want to get Jackie Chan for the sequel. They've actually said like they uh, some people said they'd love to do that, which I thought would be pretty awesome. I thought I thought the cast was brilliant in it. I love how there's a romance story in the movie and you know, it's a it's a tragic romance story and a reflection of that and how you know Shang Chi is uh, trying to figure out who he is in uh, in the world. He is he is he his father's son? Is he is he is he is he a man of his own making? I definitely think the first two thirds of the two thirds of the movie are brilliant. There are obviously some characters that pop up in the first two thirds which I thought were hilarious. And they actually do link to other films on my list, which are actually pretty, pretty funny to be honest. Uh and some of these characters will be coming back in later Marble Things, which is pretty awesome. Uh and I definitely love how the um they reflected on characters from past Marvel films they just brought characters back, which no one thought was going to happen and when these characters turned up, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I thought it was brilliant mm-hmm. but I, de- I definitely agree with you doug about the the final act it did become very c g i marvel heavy i thought i thought the 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 fights the fights towards the end like between some of the characters were actually really good uh, I do think the um there was a bit too much smoke at some points like between in in the fights like <laughs> it, it did it did make it a bit more like obviously earlier in the film uh the fights were clearer you could see like like i go back to the matrix for example in the original matrix film every punch you saw if there was a cut the next shot would automatically show the, the reflection of that punch so the fighting was essentially one narrative in itself and I think that definitely showed in Shang-Chi, the first two thirds. Now, I still love the third part. But I definitely, I think, like, it did become more marvel It did have more of a Marvel-heavy push at the end. I did love the fact that they referenced Dragon Ball Z. Big anime fan. Loved the fact that they did that. And, uh, yeah, I also think, like, the post credit scenes, I have definitely have some uh, queries on that. And when you guys have seen the Eternals, I, I think there's definitely some uh, interesting conversations to be had there. I don't know exactly. It's just more a case of, I think there might be, I don't know if there is. So that's not actually spoilers for you. Yeah. So it's actually pretty good.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, but yeah, uh, I I definitely did enjoy that film. Cool. awesome. Awesome source. Right. Uh, James, we're going to go to your number three.
1: My number three is what I mentioned
0: earlier and that's so uh, free god. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a sucker for comedic films. Uh, yeah, free guy. I I, I really liked I thought it. Did a whole video game thing thing really well. I thought it was a great satirization of that. Um, without no, without without the, without the usual kind of uh, disdain towards franchises at uh, games. You do sometimes get with some films, or it it, it it felt like it was a work of love essentially for whoever whoever was actually, actually wrote That um, in terms of um, games, uh, I suppose one film which might be comparable. It's from a few years ago, Ready Player One, and I thought Free Guy was miles above uh, above above that film, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, Ryan was as always, absolutely hilarious, absolutely fantastic, and so many references to games in the um, in a film. Uh, if you're if if you're king gamer, you can spend uh, a lot of time watching that film for the mountain of Easter eggs in it. Um, yeah, so. Just, 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 just an all-round entertaining film. Nice popcorn flick. I
2: should give, I should give it a try at some point. I still haven't watched it because, I, although I, l- I, love the idea of a film that's messing messing around with video gamey stuff and like playing around with glitching and playing in stuff. Um, like the trailer just looked so like, and as such a... I, I don't want to, but I kind of have to say like such an American form of comedy. Um, which is just, it just doesn't work very well for me. Like it, it felt a bit like kind of. The unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I just couldn't deal with. Like it felt everyone's too zany, and uh, I, I felt kind of put off from the trailer for it. I guess I should give it a go. Like a lot of people have said, that the, that there's a lot of there's a lot of fun in it. So yeah, I'll try and find time.
0: I mean, yeah, no, I know. I I definitely agree. Like I I, I really enjoyed the movie. I went to went with a few friends from work when we could finally go to the cinema again. Um, <laughs> and there's definitely some. There's a couple of scenes at the end of that film uh, and some cameos which appear. I think James might know what I'm going on about, actually. Uh, a certain scene in that film, I actually had the person next to me go, oh, for fuck's sake, Nate. And actually just like purely <laughs> went to me like, as soon as the reaction happened. And then 10 seconds later, they, they, I I, I, I shot again and they went, oh, would you shut the fuck up? Like they react, like because because uh, it was just I was so hyped by it. It was just so awesome how they did it in the film. I uh, definitely grew on the Ready Player One thing, and Ready Player One is actually my one of my favorite books to be honest. Like I think how they how they actually like integrated the '80s and everything and how that worked was really good. Uh, but I definitely think the Spielberg got caught up in the licensing, like you know having so many you know properties in there at once, and it was that she picked the Easter eggs and that final fight scene in Ready Player One, which I thought looked great bet could have been a bit better and they actually did change it from the book a little bit i actually did enjoy the film just wasn't as good but i definitely think free Guy is a lot better and it definitely deals with like the the video game culture like and like how it's becoming obviously you know it's a big reflection on like Fortnite and everything and you know all that stuff and uh you know all those free to play games that people could just go on and like ha- how to go about that I-, I did enjoy ryan reynolds in the film i definitely think I- i'd like to see where ryan reynolds goes to be honest because he has done a lot of ryan reynolds films in the last few in the, you know in the past you know obviously deadpool and this film and like you know red notice which has just come out as well um and he yes, is
2: a nice one, what yeah has he done anything has he done anything since blade trinity where he isn't ryan reynolds
0: yes he has actually so he did a film I, I, i'm just going to double check this because there's a film called buried it's it's, it's okay. it came out like 2010. So actually, Wait, is that the one where he's in a coffin? Yeah, I I, I watched that film mm. once. So I was like, no. Yeah, so Blade Trinity came out in 2004. Oh my god, that's so old. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was yeah. almost 20 years ago now. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that came out six years later, and I've seen Buried once, and I have a claustrophobia after that film because, dear God, he, yeah, he he. To be <laughs> fair, he has done like he obviously you know, he's done like romantic comedies and i think you know he has done a few serious films as well and i think he's a brilliant actor um and i I, you know i do really enjoy his work and i definitely think you know he wasn't as ryan reynolds in this movie but it was because obviously he's he's a character learning who he is essentially which i thought was really good in itself uh i actually think a good comparison for me would be i feel like he's like chris pratt in the lego movie like, how okay. how is how, how his character is? Like, you know, at the beginning, he's like this, you
2: know,
0: super a, happy go lucky, exactly. Kinda. Everything is awesome, yeah. like, to you know, <laughs> uh, to and I actually like you know a lot the uh, the other main cast, like you know, uh, Joe Dacoma, uh, which is really awesome because they have she puts on like multiple accents in the movie, which I and actually does get described in the movie, which I thought was interesting how they did it. Um, uh, his best friend in the movie, Lil Ray Howard uh I actually quite liked him in the movie um I'm trying to remember his name his name he's from Stranger Things I'm just gonna confirm who he is now I'm just gonna bring up his filmography because it really really would have helped if I actually done this earlier and of scrolling through Facebook and talking as we go through uh so his name is Joe Keery uh, he obviously plays the uh, another programmer who works alongside Jodie Campbell's character. I actually did quite enjoy him in the movie quite a bit. Uh, there are some other actors in the movie which are pretty awesome. Uh, I'm not going to mention who because uh, that's spoilers in itself. Uh, but it, it's definitely like a reflection on somehow the stereotypical game developers might be, which is actually which is actually quite funny to be honest. It is over the top how they do it, but it's actually quite funny. Um, and they do have like. Uh, some actually uh, real like um, real streamers in there as well, like actual Twitch streamers and YouTube streamers uh, in the movie as well. That's smart.
2: And how, that's very smart. And how they
0: integrated yeah. it, I thought was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's James's uh, number three. Anything else you want to say, James at all? No, I'm done
2: with that one. Cool.
0: Uh, Doug, what is your number three?
2: Cool. So my number three might not generate as much conversation because I I actually expect you haven't seen it. Um, it is a documentary. I believe it was on Netflix. So the Netflix or Prime, I saw it. It's called "Crip Camp: A Disability Revolution." So uh, this um, this was an astonishing film. Um, this was all about um, this was all about uh, this uh, bit of a revolution uh, a couple of de- few decades ago now. Um, so in the 70s, there was a camp, a summer camp, where um, lots, of disabil- lots of disabled children all went. And uh, they focus so much on it and the people from there, like interviewing people with all these disabilities. And like, they talk about how much they all loved crib camp because they could go there and they could be themselves. They all had, like, like, for so many disabled people, when they're in the world, if they're the only disabled person, everyone has a kind of wariness about them and like no one's themselves it's hard to connect at crip camp everyone was exactly themselves everyone and people people could make jokes about each other people could play into their um and their conditions and things like that and really connect and so and it talks about the, how this community um fostered so much of the kind of spirit and in, in individual people that would then go on to be the real game changers so and you may have heard of i think uh, Judy Human who was one of the leading uh, figures in the sit-in like i think it's called the 504 sit-in which is this like long protest like hunger strike all these disabled people sitting in uh one of the us um buildings uh kind of demanding disabled rights um I probably can't go too much more into it like without losing the thread of everyone listening. But um, what you get, like, and with the interviews as well, you get such an inside view of the depth of these people, what they go through, and what you forget about things. Like one of the, one of the most fun characters, uh, I forget her name, um, she's a lady with uh, cerebral palsy. And uh, a lot of her story was talking about how like when she was a late teenager, um, no one believed she could be Sexually active, like everyone assumed that that wasn't part of her life, but she she was, and then actually decided to go into. Um, I think a human sexuality is a uh, degree course, but it's it's such a good compendium of stories from these people telling them telling about the journey and what what was hard then, what's still hard now, and also just like the like, the love of this time when it was all so good and they had such good people around them. It was such a film um so that's a yeah that's crip camp a disability revolution
0: and where can people um, watch that
2: i think that one was on
0: netflix
2: uh let me let me just quickly figure this one out uh yep netflix that's where i've seen it
0: Oh, definitely check it out people that actually sounds pretty good to be honest like um it's really interesting like i've actually been seeing a lot more of this like you know uh disability awareness and you know uh um you know um people are actually able not disabled you know people are actually able to do things and everything and also like you know you get disabilities which are invisible as well which people aren't aware of and i don't know if that that goes into that at all like invisible disabilities which people are not reflective of or
2: um yeah there's there's quite a few i mean um the the focus of this camp was on much more physical disabilities but there were also Uh, some cognitive and also some which are even just harder to see and harder to take seriously. So like fibromyalgia or various, um, uh, like Ehlers-Danlos or various pain conditions. Like there are so many pain and weakness conditions that um, you can't, like uh, you can't see. You have like, uh, you have to trust the person. It's like, and it can really confuse people sometimes when uh, someone spends most of their life in a wheelchair, but then they get up. And everyone thinks, ah, oh, you're a fraud. And it's like, no, it's not like that. Like, um, the wheelchair makes life bearable and I can handle walking a, a few steps, but I couldn't walk for all my life. And so it really, the thing needed is compassion. And compassion is accepting someone without understanding them first. That can wait, but you accept, the first thing you do is accept them. That's compassion.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how like people are very, can be very unaware of that sometimes, like you know, I know people who've been in wheelchairs are using walking sticks, and they think like you know, when they don't use them, it's it's that person sometimes wanting to, you know, they, they might want to push themselves, like you said, you know, if they can do it, you know, sh- not maybe just yeah. show it for other people, but for themselves sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's
2: I. So the the best one of the best things I have for thinking about disability these days is like, what's what's the first word that comes to your mind when I say the name Stephen Hawking?
0: I I I'll be honest. I I think of the voice. I'm not gonna lie. To that was,
2: it's the voice. You think of the voice. The voice. James. Really. What? James. What do so
0: you
1: think? Gen, uh, genius.
2: Genius, genius yeah. physicist. Yeah, genius physicist. That's that's the same with me. And so, like, if and the, that is the difference between that is an able that is a person whose barriers have been removed. If not for like the work done to like um allow him to communicate, like um. Like, and, that, and it was a lot of work, like uh, all the kind of therapy and education into how um, I know what it took to build that technology and get him to use it and get it to work with him and all the kind of the kind of work that was d- dramatized really well in um, the theory of everything um, that film from a few years ago. And there's also the kind of work that charities like Special Effect do now. Without that work, we would have no knowledge of that mind. That incredible mind, that person. And now what he is is um he's not the he's not known for his disability. He gets to be the genius. That is what make that is what abling um gets to be.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Uh, just to specify, um, which I definitely recommend checking out people if you are into looking into charities. There's special effect is actually specializing and this is from uh, Wikipedia just to so um clear, it specialized in helping physically disabled people. Um Primarily children, but also does help adults as well. Uh, play video games. Uh, they actually uh, works with developers to create specialized game control uh, devices, uh, just to make more games more accessible, so people aren't actually left out. And uh, definitely recommend checking out. And uh, definitely recommend checking out that uh, that uh, documentary that uh, Doug mentioned. Do you want to mention it one more time, Doug?
2: Yeah, that's Crip Camp: A Disability
0: Revolution. Yeah, and you can watch that on Netflix. So, so that's awesome. Uh, so, my number three is the Mitchells versus the Machines yeah, I've just had a few looks there, like, what what? <laughs> so this is a um, oh, I've seen that. I've seen yeah, that. yeah. so this is a, a Sony Pictures animation uh, on Netflix, uh, directed by Mike Riander, starring Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph. and there's a pug in the movie voiced by Doug the Pug. That's actually an that's actually a dog actor. that's actually that's actually a thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wait. Is this is this, this famous Doug the pug from social media? Doug. The I pug. will
0: have to double check, but I, I believe it might be. Uh, if I just uh, check now, uh, yep, yeah, in social media following uh, with a celebrity dog uh, from Tennessee. Yeah, he did the uh, he did the uh, roles uh, for the barking and the snoring and everything for Munchie, the uh, Mitchell's pet pug. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a Sony animation movie, which I think uh, it's pretty interesting because obviously they head into the Spider Verse and across the spider-verse coming out and certain animations are doing quite well so far and doing a lot better and pretty being pretty awesome but it's about a family dealing with a ai revolution (laughs) and like the you know a family a girl going off to college and she feel and the father feeling disconnected with her and trying to reconnect it's about family and how to reconnect with each other and all the things going on there as well as a son who loves his dinosaurs uh, trying to figure himself out as well, uh, and a mother who's trying to figure herself out. It's just all—it's pretty awesome how that goes through, uh, and the air revolution that goes on there, and dealing with the fact that it's such a disjointed family. How they're going to be able to save the world, essentially. And it was one of my—I I don't know how to describe it without going into it too much, but there are other famous actors in it as well, and it deals with—it's—it's it, like—it's like a family-friendly version of Terminator. About all the nuclear destruction at the end, uh, but just the animation itself. The animation's beautiful. It deals with like some uh, comic book styles as well, like how Into the Spider Verse did actually integrates that sort of style as well. And I think uh, if I'm correct, the uh, the movie actually does have some of the people who actually worked on Into the Spider Verse working on it. Yeah, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller actually produced the movie. So you know they're becoming the big animation guys now. Uh, but the movie in itself is just really good. Um, I don't know if James got any comments on that at all.
1: No, I mean I enjoyed it. I mean, it's just a fun family um, animation. Um, yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it, but uh, not enough to put it in my um, top five honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's on Netflix. There, people it came out in like April. Uh, it actually did quite well, and it's just over an hour and a half as well. So it's uh pretty pretty good to go in it. But um, it actually does deal with like you know um uh good themes it also deals with lgbt representation as well in the movie in certain aspects of the movie which does done quite well and yeah it's definitely greatly voice acted and the sun is actually voiced by the director as well which is uh which is actually pretty interesting to be honest because i didn't know that until today uh so yeah that's my number three so that's uh that's our top uh top freeze then uh james you want to take us to the number two on your list
1: yeah number two is the suicide squad, not to be confused with the abomination that was suicide squad so <laughs> i I got around to watching this recently, and what I can say is it was it was exactly how the first film should have been. It was the right story, it was the right um approach to the narrative it was it was the right approach to the characters it it just felt like. Finally, somebody doing the French noise as it should have been done in the first
0: place. I'm going to interject um, very quickly and say, James, it's my number two as well. It's my number two as well. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there, man. Uh, do you want to continue on?
2: Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I definitely agree with James. Like the the first Suicide Squad movie, I, I, d- I liked it at the beginning. Like Will Smith, Mugger, Robbie, you know, I actually liked those characters. Uh, some of the characters I didn't like um i feel that
2: i think the best the best scene from that one was the deleted one where they're all just chatting chatting in a bar yeah yeah that was the best scene.
1: the dialogue in the original suicide squad film was the worst dialogue i've ever i've ever heard um it was just the most bingy on the nose dialogue of like oh i'm a villain i'm evil ha ha ha
0: and it's like, oh, my God. No, it's not, it's not, not, this not is Slipknot.
2: He can on. climb anything.
0: Except, except, yeah, with a rope. You That's your backstory. Uh, and the belly dancing. Come on, the belly dancing. The belly dancing's it great. Was, <sighs> that was that was weird. Uh, the, the funny thing is, though, um, obviously Joel Kinnaman's character, Rick Flagg, in the first movie, returns with the sequel. And he had a complete 180, in my opinion. He was one of my favourite characters in the, uh, in the film, to be honest. I, I think how they how Joel Kinnaman portrayed him. Because Joel Kinnaman's a great actor. Um, obviously, he did Robocop as well, but that's another discussion. Well, I enjoy that film, you know, but other topic. Uh, but yeah, no, with Joel Kinnaman, though, I think he was probably one of the better parts of the movie for me. Um, obviously, some actors as well, like John Cena, which is just hilarious. And I love the fact he's got his TV show coming out next week, which um, which is uh, from, from an offshoot for the film. Obviously, I won't go into that too much. But obviously, uh, Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, starring Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena, uh, Peter Capaldi, Joel Kinnaman, Nathan Fillion. um, It's just so, so many actors. A lot. So many actors in that film. And also Sylvester Stallone as King Shark, which I thought was hilarious casting. I didn't
2: know that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Especially if you've seen uh, the Harley Quinn TV show. It's like how King Shark is portrayed. He's like portrayed as a highly intelligent uh, Mm -hmm. person in that animation, and then in the movie, he's not like the team show itself. Like he is, (laughs) yeah. He's a me shark, hungry. Like he talks like you know, he talks like that. But he, he does build a an interesting relationship with some of the characters in the film, and how um, like Idris Elba comes in, plays a character who. He uh, plays uh, blood, blood, blood sport, I want to say blood sport, I want to say yeah, 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 blood spot. He plays like a man who is precise with his shots. Obviously, Will Smith's character in the previous movie was Deadshot, who a man precise. You know, t- um, obviously, the original thing was Idris Elba was going to take over that role, which I read, uh, but um, they changed it in the end. So just so if they do another Suicide Squad film, Will Smith can come back. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's the aspect in the movie of um, you know him dealing with like some family stuff. I obviously won't go into to not spoil it for you, Doug. Mm-hmm. But do you want to continue, James? Because obviously you know show number two and you started off.
1: Pretty much covered it. I pretty much said what I want to do on that. On, on, on that, it's a good film. I've not seen it yet. And you like uh, you, you like DC current movies. You want to see Suicide Squad done, film done correctly, <laughs> then watch the Suicide Squad.
0: I definitely think out of the DC films, it's. Almost at the top in my opinion. Like I, I, I love I love Man of Steel, I love Shazam and the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, I really enjoy those films, but I definitely think uh, obviously when James Gunn left Marvel, obviously with the controversy that would happen, but then he went back. Uh, he came to DC and DC actually just went to him I think it was between six to ten properties, What do you want to do? They just went to what do you want to do? And, you know, he could've done a Superman movie, it was said, but he was like, I wanna do the Suicide Squad. It was like obviously an r-rated version of the figure so you know he you know he grew up with a suicide squad and i'm presuming like i'm wondering if he didn't go to dc initially like obviously doing the guardians movies we may have got a suicide squad from him later down the line after he did the third guardians film but yeah the movie itself like two of my favorite characters in that movie which i did not expect a polka Dot man and rat catcher two not one, two i thought they were like there was some of my fa- and he has like the polka man like david uh what's his name he's he's been in a lot this year uh, let me let me just I say be-
2: so, if he's the man i think he is he's in he's going to have been in my number two film
0: i believe yeah okay i think i know where this is going then yes yeah, so uh, his name's uh oh that's interesting he isn't in yeah uh, uh david dasmalchian so he has been in like you know he is actually the king of DC. Like, he's in a ton of DC animated movies. Um, he uh, he was in DC TV shows. Uh, he's also in Ant-Man uh, and Ant-Man 2. Uh, he actually voices, uh, I believe, Calendar Man in one of the uh, animated movies. Uh, let me just double check. Uh, yeah, so he actually voices uh, Calendar Man and Penguin in The Long Halloween Part 2. So, actually, that's actually a pretty good link for you, James.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And,
0: uh, he uh, he was also in adam and the wasp blade runner you know he's he's a, he's an actor who's very he was very underseen but he's just so good and he's actually got like he was actually dealing with some really dark things but actually came through which is pretty awesome but yeah no um but yeah, no, definitely definitely make a che- recommend checking out the suicide squad of people such a brilliant film so brilliant and also definitely watch till the end Definitely watch to the end of the film because it is—it's one of those post-credits things where it's just very funny how that happens. And I think I definitely think it's a, a film to definitely come back to later in the year to have a conversation about. But yeah, I I think I know where Doug is going with his number two. So I'm gonna guess—I'm gonna guess things are gonna get a bit sandy now, Doug. If I'm correct,
2: just a little bit coarse and irritating. Yes, and it and it did get everywhere. Yes, my number two is Dune. That is the one film I went to went to the cinema. To see, like, in IMAX as well. Um, I'm not usually someone who's mad about IMAX, but um, I, I'm, I was satisfied to do so for this. Like, it's a film about big, broad visual vistas. I, I really like the way Denny Villeneuve does sci-fi. Like, he, he takes large and oblique things and he just leaves the camera on them for ages. Like, it's... Like, a, I, yeah, I got a lot at that. It's, um... I had seen the 1984 um I think it was 1984 um uh, version from uh David Lynch and although David Lynch hates to come back at that project now like <laughs> uh I think it did help me understand the story a bit in dune cuz like dune is a strange dune <laughs> is a strange universe but um it was but I it was one of those films like when I go for a Denis Villeneuve film what I want to do is just kind of I know sit back and just I know Eat, eat my miserable sci-fi. And I absolutely got that. It just like poured the world on to the point. Like I didn't like the story, the story can go a few ways. Like acting is good in it. I don't, I think there's barely a single smile in the whole film. Um, in fact, I think the only smiles come, I think all the smiles come from the same character, um, Jason Momoa's character. <laughs> Cause, it, cause, it, Cause you just can't stop the man smiling. Um, Well, except in Kate, well, except that one thing, Game of Thrones, You didn't smile much in that. But um, but yeah, June, June was like a June was just a feast. June was just a real fea- a cinema feast.
0: I'm, I'm really sad I never got to see the film at the cinema. I've seen it now, um, but i never mm-hmm. got to see it at the cinema. Um, uh. Just how, yeah, that film. And I love the fact that, like, a lot of people only finally realized this year. Obviously, a lot of people, you know, sci-fi related people knew Star Wars pretty much took a ton of stuff from dune mm-hmm. like pretty much you mm-hmm. know the the boy with the ma- magical powers essentially you know sand people the tuscan raiders like you know all that stuff and mm-hmm. i like some of the actors in them like uh, obviously you know, i have a big love for oscar isaac like i I think he's a brilliant actor um i think um uh uh what's his who played the um baron i can't remember his name oh
2: um Stellan skarsgård yeah
0: he is brilliant in yeah. i'm like you know oh, he's so good like you know his <laughs> Like, I feel like, how can I put this? He's the Vincent D'Onofrio of the Dune universe. Like, how Vincent D'Onofrio is, like, a big menacing character in the Marvel. Like, you know, he was, you know, obviously Kingpin in the Daredevil TV show. Like, how uh, how, how Stan Starsgard portrayed, uh, you know, Baron Hark- Harkonnen. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yep. Um, How he portrayed him, like, his, his voice. Like, he, he's not very, you know, physical himself. But he, just his voice and how he acts was just amazing how he did it like definitely compared to the original because <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's,
2: he's just yeah he's he's just so cold All right and so like, he's so cold and just cruel All right it's it's so it was uh, it was so it was so rich and like so pitiless like it, uh yeah that, yeah he he was a fantastic part of the film part of the atmosphere of it
0: i um and I think, uh, one of the characters I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more is, um, uh, Josh Brolin and, uh, Zendaya. Like, obviously, you know, mm. uh, as, um, uh, Denis Villeneuve said, like Zendaya will almost be the main character in the second movie, he said, which will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I know they've said that they want to do three films. They want to do, uh, Dune, Dune part two, and then Dune, uh, or children of dune or is it the children of dune or is it uh that is
2: that is one of that is one of the books i think it is the one that follows the main one they follow one
0: yeah because i know yeah i know they I th- wanted to do that yeah uh i think that's it yeah, so let me just uh double check that because there's there's so many dune books because <laughs> yep. i know we, we we definitely have a few friends oh no uh sorry it was dune messiah
2: oh the Dune Messiah. yeah I children of
0: dune that. comes after that no obviously um right. You know, we have a few friends uh, who love the that Dune. We just, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and have you seen Dune, James?
1: I've not.
0: Oh yeah, obviously. Luckily, no spoilers. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's a, it, it, it's it's what? a it's a how can we put this? It's a it's not a happy film <laughs> by any sense. It's coarse, and as Doug has said, in quoting another film, it gets everywhere <laughs> and. I definitely think how they visually portrayed the uh, the houses as well is is amazing how they did it and so how the like the, there's the shield system in the movie and how they how they shown how the shields work. Um, obviously, you won't spoil a few James, but um, there's no guns really in the Dune universe. I could say that. I could pretty much say that. Sand. Yeah, uh, just just throwing sand. That that's that's the weapon. They're just throwing it's sand just, everywhere.
1: It's just. Shot by sand at people.
0: Uh, it gets everywhere. Uh, and the sandworms, obviously, you know, that's obviously a big part. And I thought that that was menacing. And, and definitely, I definitely watched the original 1984 film before watching this. And I think they actually left it off. So obviously, James, you know, just that so you know, this is part one of two for the first movie. Because yep. yeah, Denis Villeneuve went, I can't do it in one. <laughs> and I'm so glad when the film came out, uh, Warner Brothers yeah. went oh yeah you could do part two and we were like oh thank god because how because how that film ends you're like you you it's i remember when i went to go watch lord of the rings with my family back in like the early 2000s and my mother had watched had read the original lord of the rings books and she read them all in one because it was just one big book back in the day and when we got to the end of the fellowship of the ring she didn't know that there was two more and she just stood up she went I went. Oh, it's too much. She went. What the fuck? She 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 thought that film was just supposed to be the entire of mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings. So she uh, did not know at all. And I was like, "This too but much." Was,
2: yeah. But yeah, like I was surprised because I hadn't read the books when I saw those films, and so the film just ended. and I was like, "What?" So I I didn't know what how, how I didn't know what the story was going to go, and I didn't know they were doing a trilogy. Because, uh, cause actually, this isn't a thing that's happened in movies that much, so
0: well, I can confirm yes. it's not confirmed as a trilogy thus far. No, Denis Vanover said he wants to do three films. He's only confirmed from second one so far, but I think, yeah there's, I think like the popularity of the movie hopefully does give him that trilogy to do,
2: yeah. I mean, i'm I'm very look I'm very much looking forward to the sequel. like, um, if they do things the way they did this first one, that's just yeah, wonderful to watch,
0: yeah. uh, yeah, cause I, uh, yeah, it's. It's interesting how the movie starts like the the visual colour tone difference between some of the planets as well. Uh because obviously it's a space film, so you're gonna have a, maybe have a few planets. Uh it's just really interesting how it does, and I definitely think, yeah, as you've said, Doug, Jason Momoa is is definitely one of the highlights of the movie and you know, any film he's in or property he's in, he's gonna be a uh, one of the highlights in EA is pretty much one of the only people that does uh laugh in that film. Uh but yeah, no, that's uh, that's Doug's number two. Uh so and we done my number two as well, so which was the Suicide Squad. So, James, do you want to give us yes. your number one movie of 2021?
1: Yeah, my number one movie of 2021 is Don't Look Up.
0: Well, wow. then, <laughs> this is going to be interesting for later, people, because we will be having a discussion on Don't Look Up a bit later in the uh, in the episode. But James, you want to give us a, uh, a little continuation? Yeah. Well,
1: I think it's I I, I I just felt it was a um topic matter and the way it satisfies it, I just felt it was a, a vital film at a vital time. And um, kind, of, kind, of, kind of from writing perspective, I was i am I'm kinda of jealous of just how well I felt it was able to satisfy such a difficult topic.
2: Yeah, I've seen it as well and it was it was good fun. Like it was um it was a very you 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 can kind of feel it's come from the same like uh the pedigree of Anchorman. Um in and they're rolling back that way. And uh, it and uh, Adam McKay, it wasn't quite as it wasn't quite the same investigative um like a dramatization that uh, Big Short and Vice were but it, it was really fun. It was a really good cathartic watch for what so many of us are feeling in terms of the frustrations of when like think like Things not being done when things need to be done, and for the dumb, distracted reasons. So it was, yeah, that was that was a good role.
0: I think the performances were really good all round, and again, Timothy Shalom in, in the movie as well. So you know, it's uh, he, he's definitely on a roll this year. But yeah, no, um,
2: another connection, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks, James. So that's uh, that's James's number one movie of the year. Don't look up, and we will be going to, into that a bit later when we go into a in, more in-depth discussion on that film. So, Doug. Let's uh, let's run over to you, good sir. What is your number one movie of the year?
2: My number one movie of 2021 was My Octopus Teacher.
0: I have no idea what that film is. Please continue.
2: Okay. Um. So this is this is a very this is a strange, but highly coveted award-winning, which is a bit unusual for something like this. Again, it's a documentary sort of like it's a story of um. Uh. It was a man who had taking time out a filmmaker who'd taken time out of the because he he was com- so burned out and he got into scuba diving and uh and i think uh, scuba- actually no it wasn't even scuba diving it was mostly snorkeling and free diving so he's not he's not got he's not using tanks and stuff and um he's and he's down there with cameras a lot just kind of filming the area where he's swimming like i think this was south africa but um while he's down there, he yeah it's South Africa he meets an octopus and ends up making friends with her, and is, and has this kind of like personal psychological kind of growth and almost therapeutic friendship with this octopus over the course of like I know the time that I know this film documents, and um, it was it's such a it's such a kind of emotional. It's a really emotional film. Like uh, he's he's going through he's going through some real like I don't know, mental struggles at times of this, and this was such a vulnerable place for him to he let himself be vulnerable in strange ways in such an abstract situation. But um, it was a uh, yeah. You know, I don't go in for heartwarming a lot actually, but um, this film was astonishing in terms of just feeling the kind of reality of this because that's the thing it's quite a dramatic story a lot of it but it's all real um everything that's happening um it's uh it's an easy one to watch it's on netflix um and uh it's going to be like nothing you've ever seen
0: yeah i'm just uh just wicked it now and definitely yeah i'm just reading like a little bit on it It does seem it definitely it's, it's definitely something different not something i'd expect to be at the uh to winning the uh, document, it actually won the um the Academy Award for the 93rd Academy Award Oscar Award for uh, uh, best documentary feature, which is uh which is a uh, pretty awesome actually.
2: Yeah, it's 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 quite a land. <laughs> it's it's I think a uh, quite an odd conundrum that. It's an Oscar-winning film that you hadn't heard
0: of. Yeah, no, that that especially. <laughs> I don't think
2: that hap- That's not going to happen very often.
0: No, not for me. No. <laughs> yeah, as people learn, I yeah, 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 no, definitely know my films quite a bit. So yeah, thank you, Doug. Uh, so that is a uh, my Oct- octopus teacher and uh, can be watched on Netflix, correct, Doug?
2: That's correct. That is my that is my number one of the year.
0: <clears throat> that is excellent. Thank you very much. Right, so my number one, I think it's pretty much you know if. People listening to this podcast know me quite well, or, you know, people here know me quite well. I think they could kind of guess where I'm going with this since it wasn't mentioned in my honorable mentions. This movie, unfortunately, I cannot talk about that much because James here, the lucky man himself, has not even seen a trailer for this movie because he's waiting for Disney Plus and probably February, March by now. But my number one movie of the year is Spider Man No Way Home. It is the. This is where it gets really confusing now because this movie cannot be spoiled at all. If you not seen anything, which is, I'm not going to lie, James, I've got to give you credit for this. Um, uh, uh, because, uh, basically this movie is spoilers all the way through, like from the first, obviously, you know, it picks up from far from home. Obviously we know far, you've seen far from home. So that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It literally picks up right at that point, which is awesome. In my opinion, you know, we see, we see yeah. the reflections where it's going that, um, I feel that this is where I could go with it. Tom Holland gives his best performance. I think, I think this is the best Spider-Man movie he has done thus far. I think like this has been a culminational journey of his character. Uh, and I'm lucky that's going to continue. So obviously they've announced that we're going to get more Spider-Man movies in his college years now. Obviously after far from home, we didn't know because we didn't we, we didn't even know if we were gonna get No Way Home. So we might not have gonna know no, no Way movie at all. Cause Sony and obviously Marvel had their issues going on. Uh I think uh, Zendaya, I uh, you know, obviously from Dune as well. Uh and uh Jacob Batalan, I believe his name is. I'm just gonna confirm that now. Uh obviously as his uh, friend Ned Lee's, his best friend Ned Lee's, and obviously Zendaya as uh, MJ. Uh they they also give great performances as well. Yeah, so it's uh, Jacob Batalan. As at least. and uh, yeah, I I think the movie itself it's not it's not it's a comedy at the point. It, it has a it has a really good narrative, but at the one hour mark, I'll tell you this: it shifts. It goes from ha, 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 oh god, it just it just changes. And this movie is over two and a half hours long, so it goes from like it goes from you know light hearted him dealing with the the repercussions of like the situation with, um, Mysterio in far from home. And then it goes on to dealing with, um, James is really struggling. He's hoping I don't say anything. And yes. Yeah. And
2: I haven't seen it either. This so one, like this yeah, song, you're, say, you're flying pretty close to the sun. To I'm
0: doing quite well with this though. And I'm, I'm luckily I'm, I can say obviously, um, Aunt May. I can say that. Uh, cause obviously, you know, she's in the other two, uh, obviously, uh, Marissa Tomei gives a great performance. Um, but yeah, I think I think the acting in the movie is the best of the best of the home trilogy. Obviously, it's been dubbed the home trilogy. because obviously, homecoming, far from home, no way home. And this is actually a discussion point in a podcast i like to do later on, a retrospective or a reflection on the recent Spider-Man movies, and where they could go from that. Also, what your name's conventions could be for those films. You've got to include one word in every one of the three films that could possibly happen. And I find that'd be pretty interesting to do that, to be honest. All right.
2: We'll get. I'll get around to seeing it. Like, because uh, right now I'm I'm just not going to the cinema at all because like it's Omicron season. Oh yeah, and uh, could be a and, uh, so man. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Like, I do call me Omicron. Yeah, it's it's all a bit easy. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it soon. Like when it's on, stream or whatever. Like, and I, I might have a chance in a couple of weeks. I think
0: it's really be awesome easy. because um, you know, we've had like we've been pretty much Spider-Man up these last few years. Uh, we've had like, you know, the PlayStation Spider-Man games, Miles Morales, uh, they, uh, Tom Holland actually did state that they actually did include a fighting move from the Spider-Man PlayStation four game in the movie. I actually had to re rewatch it. And I That's went, cool. and I went, Oh my God. And the, but there's two in the movie. I was like, did he copy that one? Did he copy <laughs> that one? Uh, but yeah, I, d- I definitely think like, you know, pe- obviously Peter Parker has been on this journey you know he started in civil war uh, he he became this like iron man 2.0 like obviously taking over from tony stark and then obviously there was a, a narrative theme of that in uh, far from home but uh, the repercussions of that in this movie i think really work really well and how it how it how it plays out like i'm trying so hard right now uh it's so difficult because like doug is doug have you seen the trailers doug
2: I've seen the trailers, but James hasn't, so hold it back. Yeah,
0: you'd seen the trailers. I could, I could say so much more, but without saying anything else, James. Right, you can't say. James is just. I, James. I tried so much. i
1: tried so hard to avoid all spoilers for us, and you've already, you, you've already said something
2: which I'm not happy with. So, what,
0: what have I spoiled?
2: <laughs> you've described actors what? and stuff that are in the film. So I I'm, I'm not. disappointed. No, it's, 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 more, it's more about one hour mark. So like, okay. I know. I know. This is- yeah. So, okay. we, let's let's wrap this okay. up, mate. I okay. think before because we will do an episode on this. I have done sure. an
0: Icarus. I have luckily yes. I've skirted the sun, but I'm not flown into it. So luckily I've burned a few feathers and probably burned James's heart a little bit on that. And I don't
1: care that much. It's only a Marvel popcorn flick, but still, still want
0: to go into it without I'm I'm very happy that you did, James. To be honest I I, I think you've done. Yeah. Extremely well with that. I definitely look forward to chatting about it. I definitely think it's a, a podcast episode in itself, like talking about those movies and everything. But yeah, uh so that is it, people. That is our top five lists and our honorable mentions of 2021. If you want to stick around, uh we will be going into a conversational talk on a nice 20 minute, maybe 30 minute talk on the recent adam McKay movie, Don't Look Up, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, and a slew of other actors. And uh, we will be we will be right back. And welcome back, everyone. So uh, I hope you enjoyed our top five movies of the year. Thank you, James and Doug, for joining me on that. We are now going to get into the actual in-depth discussion about the recent Netflix movie, Don't Look Up, directed by Anna McKay, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, um, and A slew of Other People. Uh, so, guys, let's get into it. How did we find this movie?
2: Hello. James, do you want to start? It was your number one.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I just want to quote on one thing. Slew well, okay, the people, not Slew. Cool. So, um, yeah, no, I I, I mean I, I loved it. I just think basically, I mean, for me, um, it was a perfect satire of such an important topic in such an important um, part of time. So I know the direct so I know the writer director. Uh, decided to uh, initially went about writing a film about climate change, but it also power it also disturbingly parallels um, a lot of the issues in the pandemic which we all are currently in um, across many countries. So I, I, I felt it was just the perfect film in a perfect time. Um, very important message and highlighting a lot of very important um, issues. And Bobby, I know. By yeah, the no, dark uh, sorry.
0: Yeah no I was, I was literally i was literally yeah, just gonna say the um, fact that obviously it. you know uh this is actually a conversational topic uh when we go into this podcast people we will go into we will have like a uh, discussion of topics each week we will have like you know in-depth discussions of movies this just to make sure you are aware this will be a spoiler conversation so we will go into possibly discussions of the ending of the movie and events that take place uh, with these podcasts, we will, like, you know, go into, like, in-depth discussions in movies, video games after certain points, maybe entire episodes about it, maybe sectional uh, discussions. But, yeah, uh, Doug and uh, James were actually the people that brought this to my attention, and I actually did go away and watch the film afterwards. And I always had an issue with uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon, the movie. Like, honestly, those films scared <laughs> the shit out of me when I was younger. And, like... No, yeah, so, you know, oh, know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, as I've, you know, these guys know, there's a, there's a story of me like when I was like younger going on holiday and when you look out in the ocean and there's like a dark blue line on the horizon and it's like the, you know, night is drawing in. It's just the, the, the sh- you know, the lighting from the sea. My mother said to me, oh, oh my God, that's a tidal wave. Just jokingly. But she turned back and there was like a dust cloud <laughs> of where I was. Like I, I just, I just ran. Like a sand dune, I just ran and I just left wow, everyone. Mate. I I was thirteen years old, and I ran for like almost half a mile, probably. Like I could run at the time, can't anymore. God, half a mile, I'd kill myself now. Uh, but um, no, we got back to the caravan, and my mum just went to me, Nate, Nathan, you are an idiot, you know, because if that was a real tidal wave, where the fuck were you going to run to? You 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 would not be able to. And I was like i'm going to take a chance i'm i i do not care and that is my stupid hilarious story of me when i was younger and my mum likes to remind me of everyone but yeah these movies like even like because i've seen like apocalypse style films like 2012 and like uh greenland i believe it was recently with um gerard butler this that's definitely different to this this is more of a satire but when you guys told me to go on to this film i kind of had an understanding of where it was going go. I thought it was gonna have a happier ending. I was so wrong. Uh, so uh... wrong. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Like, um, how like, um, I i will oh, quickly give my—I know thirty-second, sec, 30 thirty-second response to it. In terms of, I like, uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of it was, a lot of it was pretty kind of, I would say, obvious. But I feel like it was a really, I feel it felt like a really cathartic film. Like it's the frustration of why wouldn't you do something? Why, like, why are you, why are you just not solving the problem? Why are you so obsessed with the financial interest or um, the way these other things play out? Like, and aren't the people in charge of looking after us focused on looking after us? Like uh, that, it felt like a real, it felt like a real good kind of emotional lightning for that. But there's one thing in particular I want to talk about and the f- and I'm glad you mentioned our back because we've had Meteor films before like back in that age like basically the same film like, and a, the same film with a different they soundtrack did in the early um uh, in, in 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 the same I think it was the same year um but um the but we've had a couple of Meteor films recently we've had Don't Look Up and we've also had Seeking a Friend from the en- Seeking a Friend for the End of the World which is quite a nice film in its own way um But what's changed now is, um, like, humanity used to survive. And now people are making films which, like, actually, no, you know what? (laughs) No, we didn't. Um, And it's, uh, like, what's, it's interesting thinking about what's happened in films and storytelling where, like, we don't need this. Or it's not, it almost feels, is it something to do with the fact that actually there's just this growing feeling of, I don't know, like is it, da- is it down to the fact that climate change and things like that, there's enough, there's such a feeling of doom that it's all going to go wrong I mean, I know there was Doctor Strangelove all the way back in the 50s, and uh, I don't know if that was controversial, the fact that Doctor Love, yeah, basically, spoilers, everybody died um, but uh, well, well. yeah, because I guess in some of it, that was the real fear at the time was nuclear warfare will destroy us all whereas now there is a bit of a real fear of, like, the whole world we can destroy the whole world as well. And but the the key thing in this film I guess is um it's not through a direct it's not through direct destruction, it's through inaction um that we are creating something. And it is I mean I don't know what what do you think of that? Um it does exist. It's interesting crisis. how the film
0: goes, because it does feel like it is the US versus the world as well because you know every other country in the world is like we want to do something and they're trying to do something and I'm like there's that part in the film where russia and china are trying to like they actually do try to do something i don't i don't know if this is actually like probably mm. for did the, the us sabotage their 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 thing in the film it's it, to me because because obviously the us is trying to uh, obviously you know part of the film is basically they find out this this comet has so much resources that they make it can make it could as the american government state
2: mm-hmm.
0: end world hunger help the poor it's not really it's just made them a lot of money like a 100 trillion dollars essentially and it just makes me think like does when russia and china are actually trying to take care of it themselves i don't know if maybe it's a, like it's another cold war like thing of like because they could have mentioned it happened in europe this like Nuclear thing going off, but I think like the US actually sabotaged uh, Russia and China, and yeah, because yeah, because because uh, in the movie it's it doesn't not, specify yeah. if Russia and China are trying yeah. to do the same thing as America and mining the resources, or they just want to destroy it. Cause...
1: Oh no, it does. I I'm pretty sure it does. So if I think remember, if I remember correctly, Russia and China um, initially. They're okay. But but like yes, but we also want to get minimal minerals from the rock, we also want money. But if they cut out of that deal and once they cut out of the deal, they want to go back to the original plan of diverting the meteor. Uh, it's not I don't think it's specified whether it was sabotage or just um, I, don't, I don't think it not. was. No, no I I'm think pretty sure it wasn't. It doesn't But have to I be. could but if you want to theorycraft then it wouldn't surprise me if it was, it would make, it would make sense in the context of a film of, a, of, of a powerful nation. Um, par- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, uh, it, it pa- does... Powerful nation sabotaging and picking himself from the nuts in the process. It does make enough sense. I think, um yeah, one of the things that for me was almost the most chilling is um the kind of, uh, it's like the, um, the tech giant, like the head of bash yeah, so the bash says um,
0: Peter, yeah, yeah, P- P- Peter Uh-oh. Isherwell, uh, yeah, played by Mark Rylance, as James said, yeah,
2: that's Isherwell, yeah, yeah, is- Isherwell, is that meant to be like Well Wisher or something? I don't know, but um, but uh, yeah, like what kind of gets me is near the end is the, like, is how his at the front he seems kind of he seems like I don't know drifted away and like heading the clouds but and then by the end of the film, it's just, like, oh, this is a kind of sociopathy. Um, and it's, absol- and uh, it's absolutely terrifying. Because what you... Exp- like, I in the film, like, you think, like, oh, these are humans, right? If, if, like, if they're normal people, you think they're, like... You think they're, like, have a realisation. And, like, and, uh, think oh, we screwed it up and it's gone wrong. But that moment never comes for that character. He is never, like... And, and that, that's the kind of... That's the kind of uh, psych- That's the psychopathy of never kind of reflecting and uh, feeling the remorse of it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just getting away with, just getting on with what works for me. Okay, that didn't work. I'm going to get on with what works for me. Like, it's that, it's that lack of empathy that killed everybody. <laughs> and it, that's really chilling.
0: And that's so. It is possible. honestly. When I, when I was watching the film, yeah. and it does feel like uh, Mel Streep is the female version of uh, Donald Trump. It, it, <laughs> yeah, but
2: in a way, what's, what's a bit worrying with that is like, you don't, like, um, she doesn't have to be as mad as Donald Trump. Like, um, she's, like uh, she's no, like, um, I think, like, she's no Barack Obama. But actually, Barack Obama's a bit of a. Barack Obama's actually a bit of an exception to the rule in, in terms of a lot of recent presidents. Like, um, there was so little showtime and, and in the way he works. Like, um, so there was less of that showtime stuff that she definitely had a bit of, but not an excess. What I think is still probably quite likely in any presidential administration, and almost certainly in the UK stuff, is the um, like, when is a strategic, the good time to talk about the end of the world? like and that and that that robbing that um think right how do we get what we need And a decision right overriding their decision of like and a conservator like a conservatorship over the people and actually being able to say it is up to us like it's our duty to tell everyone now so they can
0: make decisions about their lives rather than now uh, how do how do we make this work for it's, them? it's that conversation topic, topic when time. they first bring up the comment and then they're in their oval office and they're discussing like so it's not 100%. It's 99.97. So it's not let, let's let's not say 100%. Then oh and then and then like even though they have multiple scientific bodies telling them this is happening it's only when they have their own like their own scientists say which does is a reflection in itself now like you know we have all these scientific bodies in the in the world now saying you know covid is like you know this whole it is dangerous like we need to be more you know more aware you know do more and then it it it, t- it takes them an extended period of time before they actually do something because they want to get their own facts right and it, it is a reflection on that and i think there's an interesting like point in that like the whole there's a line in the movie which i thought was hilarious it's later on in the film because obviously uh yeah, Mark Rylance's character he's you know trying to he's the you know tech billionaire who's shot a mine who you know has created the technology to mine this comet but they spoiler for the end of the film they leave the Earth, <laughs> they they fuck off, uh they 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 fly away to twenty two thousand years later. It doesn't end well for them, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but there's a line in the film about just like his um like this character going, oh yeah, they have a they have a ship and they're gonna escape from the planet. It's a one line thing in the entire film, and people and I I blew it off originally, like oh yeah, maybe maybe that will happen, maybe it won't, and it was only at at the end of the film when like you know. Mark Ryan says, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go away for a minute and I was like, Oh, is that line gonna come back? No. And then it literally ends with them in the credits flying away. And everyone as, you know, we discuss, everyone else dies. Well, not everyone, which I thought was hilarious by the end of the film. But I you know, I just, it's just really interesting how like, you know, characters in the film start off as these timid people or want to get the message out there, but then they become corrupt by you know, the popularity of it. And then they, they get sucked into the whole, like, you know, trying to, um, trying to, what's the word, uh, specifically Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Dr. Randall Mindy, you know, he starts off as this like very timid character who Mm -hmm. is trying to get the information out there, but he gets sucked into the propaganda. Essentially he gets sucked into like, we can, we can help Mm. the world and everything.
2: Yeah. He gets pulled He gets pulled in and like, and kind of gets caught up in the show as well like um it's uh it's quite an interesting one um although i got to be honest like um one thing in his character arc like i feel like he oh, got yeah. away with the infidelity yeah. far too um like that yeah i was like yeah oh, wow. like and then she says oh, and then i did this It's like, oh come on this isn't transactional in relationships is it is it i don't know i'm like <laughs> but uh that that one that one felt like uh, I do I like the uh, base, the, line at the end well, from his going
0: Oh, by the way, I did fuck your uh, roommate in college just to just to get that one jab back at him before the end of the world. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that was um, that was rushed a bit. But maybe it just could literally be the end of the world situation. Like it was just that could have literally just been it. And I'm surprised that the sons didn't find out. Like I'm surprised yeah. that wasn't like or they may have found out that wasn't said.
2: I think I think they I think they knew. Like, they, they obviously would have known. Like, um, I think it was their case, like, what was going on in that scene was forgiveness. And it's like, and it doesn't matter what else has happened. We want to be here. Because you think about, you can think about their character, like, this is where I should probably let it go. This is like, the whole reason that his character is there is because he chose to be there rather than live. Like, rather than actually escape. He's like, that isn't what's important. I know where I need to be. Like, um, and that's... Like, um, it's a, and uh, it's a nice, yeah, it was a nice thing in a way. Like, um, that line, actually is, is, uh, apparently, um, was thought up, like, on the, on the scene, um, that last line of DiCaprio's character, um, like, uh, we really did, we really did have everything, if you think about it. Apparently, uh, DiCaprio actually thought that up, uh, like, uh... on the day, <laughs> and, um, yeah, he... he's, he's very good. Yeah. Oh, oh, a, f- a really fun thing I heard about DiCaprio again on this, he was really he... uncomfortable, about uh, Meryl Streep post credit scene. Cause yeah, like well he, he it felt it made him really uncomfortable. Meryl Streep, one of the queens of American film. Like
0: uh, doing enough. a nude scene.
2: Which Even is interesting. In he's been in
0: many films scene. of other uh, naked people. Like Yeah.
2: Yeah it's, it's something else. I think it's just like well, I think I think it's like another someone he's idolized and like kind of a like that's I think Meryl Streep's quite sacred to a lot of the American community, and uh, but not to herself.
0: <laughs> to herself, she's just Meryl. I definitely think uh, the guy who was like the head of the Planetary Defense, uh, Teddy Oglethorpe, like, uh, played by Rob Morgan. I... Yeah, he was... I, oh, he, I he mentioned earlier in the podcast, though, I had uh, one major issue with the film, like the, the hairstyles of the people in the film. So... Yeah, what's um, the deal with this? Because I had Rob no idea Morgan, what you were on about. Uh, in real life, doesn't have a hairpiece. And that hair, pe- uh, uh, the guy who played Teddy Olgolfo, the movie. head of the planted defense He doesn't have ha- he doesn't have hair in real oh, life. Yeah. And he had this really uh, the wig was right. very, very unrealistic to me. And uh, which is uh, so ironic because there's another actor okay. in the movie, Tyler Perry. In a lot of his movies, he has a lot of bad wigs on people. which I actually liked him in the movie as the news anchor. Mm. Uh, but I thought, you know, Kay uh, Blanchett. But the Ron Morgan was brilliant. I just think the hair could be different. Mm -hmm. Also, like Jennifer Lawrence's character has like this very offshoot girl with the dragon tattoo, as it's joked in the film, hairstyle and how also Mm -hmm. they actually commented on DiCaprio's image, like he had this big bushy beard at the beginning and they cut that all away to make him more um, good to look at Well, good in air quotes to look at for the camera um but yeah no it's, it's not a big thing at all but yeah i just one of my one of my gropes to be honest i really enjoyed the film could have done a bit different with the maybe just don't give ron milgan the wig he looks great without it anyway um or and
2: no not even cross my mind the idea of like and a hairstyles and things like that um
0: uh, but I, I thought jennifer uh going back to jennifer lawrence i thought she was great oh yeah i, I thought it was hilarious like she became the meme essentially like which has happened in Mm. culture today like just being honest and everything and i think it's shit how the comet was named after her which is kind of crap because that does how it is how it works but it's yeah i mean i mean i was like well it is
2: well it is comets are named after the people like um i remember it even come i remember it cut that as a there was a bit of a plot point in um deep impact was, uh, like, uh, they, it was named after two astronomers, like, one the boy and the other the guy who dies in the beginning by driving off a cliff, because that's that's the thing that happens in these films. Um, but uh, then, like, when they broke the comet into two, it's like, okay, we'll call that one Wolf and that one Beataman. Like, I think that's yeah. the name of the word.
0: I think it was, yeah. It's,
2: it's like, so, yeah, if you discover the comet, that's going to destroy Earth. Great, good news. Uh, the end of the world's got your
0: name on it. Uh, the um, yeah. uh, like, I, I loved Cape Blanchett in the movie. I thought, like, you know... Oh, I'm, she's I'm just so good <laughs> i'm just thinking i'm like you know new television networks i don't that i wouldn't say they're more like they're like fox news because i'd say they're more like you know tv tv show hosts and maybe the like the odd news aspect but i thought yeah i thought they were i thought her and tyler perry had a good um a good uh, uh connection to be honest and how they how they acted off each other i it was really good
2: yeah that would that, those scenes like they they really felt like you really felt the unstoppable momentum of the media machine like in the way that the, the scenes just kind of rolling It's like okay sit there sit there we're going to be like all the and it, you you felt like the yeah like that that felt like the poison chalice of getting involved the news was like great you can think you have a story but unless your story plays into the agenda of the people that I know tell of the people that do the broadcasting they're going to tell their own story yeah like and it it played well into that
0: um i love i love the uh the smaller characters who are big actors like ron pillman i thought he was he was <laughs> quite funny. In the
2: movie. He must have had so much fun yeah
1: Well, oh, you, you, you you know what right before ron, 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 ron pillman's final scene i was literally thinking well, what would i do if i had access to what americans have access to i wasn't i was, amb- was amb- envisioning me doing exactly the same thing just Gaming, I had access to a gun, just getting a gun, just yeah. pointlessly shooting it out of the comet. It was just yeah. hilarious seeing the same thing. Go out, go out, fight. You know what?
2: That, I, Sorry, I was uh, thinking about asking this and I've got to ask it now. Like, um, let's set, like all right, let's bring the scenario into reality. Like, um, you found out that in six months it's over. Comet's hitting the Earth. What do you do? Six point I mean,
0: party it, it, At the end of the film, it does show you pretty much what everyone's doing in that film. You're either mm. fucking, killing yourself, or having mm. dinner. That's like, pretty, or, or or getting wasted with a friend. That is pretty much like. There's a scene that I I had, I rewatched the end ending scene again. I mm. thought it was just people drinking on that rooftop. I did not realize it was a massive orgy going on on that rooftop. Like oh. I did not realize that. Yeah, obviously, you know there was a, there was that one split second of the two people fucking and. Mm it was the people on the beach, like just watching the comic come in. But that's yeah. the thing. Like, I, I I don't know what I do to be honest. Um, it depends on how instant like the death was.
2: Uh, like if you're on the beach that it's Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's instant. Like, but if, if you're like way far along, you know, mm. would you want to go out? Would you want to just be there and just instantly, or would you rather, if you were much further away, would you want to really sadly put it just leave? Like you know, on your own terms. Like you know, calmly just go. Not no pain or anything. It's it's like a or would you want to go out fucking? <laughs> like it's 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 a big it's a big fuck you to the world essentially. Like you know, it's a you know it's it's how, <clears throat> it's how that goes. But
2: part of me is very tempted by the beach idea. Actually, just like the like an I want I want to like a, I want to see this. I wanna see this first hand. There'll be never like there will never have been anything ever like it ever to have been seen before. Yeah. Why not?
0: Another question is though, do you reckon real the real world right now would actually try and do something, or do you reckon it would go the way of the film? Do you reckon America would or some big country would try to take advantage of this situation or would or, or do you think in some god hopeful way, everyone would come together to try and at least deflect it.
2: I don't think people would come together because we don't. Um, like, it just doesn't happen. And, uh, like, that, like, the way I say, it, like, no one wants it to be their problem. At least most people don't. Because actually, this is something I do think is accurate, is that it'd be the space billionaires that would be the ones that try to do something. Because some of them think it's pretty cool. Like, uh, this is, like, Elon Musk is an example of someone who likes the idea of trying to solve. He, like, he wants to save the world. That's a big public mission statement. And if someone like this is happening, then actually, like, um, I think he would dive in on the child. Like, there could be no bigger boyhood dream for someone like Elon Musk than saving the world from a meteorite. And so be like Elon Musk and like, would probably team up with James Cameron um, and a bunch of other like, and a big money dreamers.
0: Bezos would uh, be the opposite, I think. Hmm? Bezos would be the Mark Rylance of this film, I think. Like
2: Bezos Bezos would have the ship that leaves.
0: Yeah. 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 That would yeah. be Bezos. Uh, no, I I yeah, Elon Musk, you know, with all with all the things about him, I think, you know, he's just an extremely wealthy man. I think he would, yeah, you are right. He would try. But it is the the it is the aspect of him doing it for the ultimate dream, essentially
2: yeah, that's why he would do it. And I, th- I think he there would be other people that supported him for the right reasons. but
0: yeah, so, i yeah. I mean, Bill Gates, I mean, he 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 is a man who's giving most of his wealth away to charity. So yeah. you know he would be a man who would want to do that. And i you you would hope. like I think mm. it would be a case of I think it would be a case of the Eastern and Western split. Like I think Europe and america, if if certain billionaires were leading the charge, would try and deflect it but then the Eastern cultures, Russia, China, uh, Japan, would have their own... They would possibly do it themselves, but they'd try and do it their own way, essentially. I'd hope they'd all come together, but mm-hmm. I think there would be a, um, a thing of doing it themselves. I think so. Uh,
2: yeah, it feels like there is still some of that. Like, um, and that some, there might be some funding share, there might be some technology share. I, can't, I would hope they would. Um, but But one of the things that would be interesting aside from the fact that we have no idea if it's possible with any technology available to us ever um but um but one of the things is there would be people planning for like who's like a like a who's planning for month seven who's plan? who is actually thinking like okay let's assume we deal with it um
0: well there is that part in the film isn't it where they're actually releasing that film on the day the comet the comet hits the three hundred million dollar mm. film, which I found out, the actor who's doing the, all that act, you know, the main actor was Chris yeah. Evans.
2: Yeah,
0: I didn't okay. realize that till after I watched the film. I was like, "Why do I notice that? Why that?" And do you know how I realized it was him? Because oh. it's Scott Pilgrim. Because uh, he's in Scott Pilgrim, yeah, and he's playing yeah. like he's playing Lucas Lee. He's playing the same kind of role, and I was like, "Oh yeah, my god, he has to play yeah, yeah." It's just ridiculous, and <laughs> you know, I I think. It's just, yeah, I'm just wondering how it would go. I, th- I think we would. And obviously, you know, uh, fun little story. Um, when I went Armageddon and came out, I did email NASA. <laughs> did you? I When I was little, I emailed NASA because uh, I was terrified my... of what happened. And they actually emailed me back saying what? they wouldn't send a man up like Bruce Willis to get rid of the... Pl- they, t- they actually did tell me that. Now, of course, this was almost 20 years ago. We could have we could have someone go out now. But oh. like NASA did say at twenty years over twenty years, I wish I it was on a Yahoo email address. So I definitely oh, don't have that anymore. I wish I still oh, had that. That's email.
2: nice. That's nice that they took the time to respond to you and say, nah, maybe we don't do it like that.
0: Yeah, it's just it was just like, nah, it was just like it was so lovely. Hi, yeah, we responded, but also I don't know what the fuck we do. Um
2: <laughs> Yeah.
0: But yeah, I do like to say that story. I don't tell a story often because it doesn't really come up, you know, the end of the world situation. <laughs> but um, no, but I, d- I definitely, you know, I think the world would try and do something. I, I honestly think they would. It's just how it would go about it.
1: Oh, well, you, you, even in the film, they try something. Then that's they, that's uh, the question, no, it, you know... um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, my, I mean, being about the film, which, it, which does highlight me, which would be my main concern is... Yeah, uh, political yeah. confidence. Uh, how how would would would, would that uh, screw things up? And uh, I mean, my my hope, obviously, my hope is that you know, I would, for something as bad as that, will sort themselves out and, and 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 get something done. But I also think a bad uh, aspect of the film is highlighting like, the fact that you know that's nice. um, there's one 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 thing I've, I I don't. I've, um, on this planet, is world is just it, 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 people in charge aren't competent. I think thing is more that, that's more. I think that's when it comes view. to a that's major point, though, like
0: actually, to be fair this film is a reflection of the last couple of years. Anyway, I think people have tried to have become more competent in certain areas. I'm not going to mention some names and others, but um, you know, I think like like the world coming together to get the vaccine pushed out a lot quicker. You know that was done quite quickly and by the way people get vaccinated to get boosted it really does help Mm -hmm. um but i think you know that did reflect on like you know all these health organizations coming together sharing you know all this information to get these vaccines produced quickly that i think that did show that people work there is there is hope in the world to work together and i think like i mean if you have an asteroid coming towards the planet maybe there might <laughs> may be a bigger, you know, a virus could take care of people, you know, people could survive yeah. a comet. You probably won't. So maybe it's like, you know, pushing to work together more that. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, but I definitely think, uh, I definitely recommend going and watching this film. People, even if you like me had a fear or a phobia of watching these sorts of films, uh, I think the acting alone is brilliant. Like a lot of the main cast is awesome. Uh, going on the end of the film, like, very briefly, like, Jonah Hill is the only person to survive the apocalypse, which I think is hilarious, and he's still trying to Instagram at the end, uh, or what, whatever um, social media app he's using, I think, yeah, uh, or Twitter or something like that, um, which I thought was hilarious. Now, I'm wondering if other people survived, like, I'm presuming other people did survive, you know, because it's like the whole
1: Again, if you're going to theory after it, if, if it happened in, in, in reality and if Jonah Hill survived, and I imagine some of us probably did survive, if, if something essentially what well, I'm going to guess is that Jonah Hill in a bunker is able to survive, there's probably other people, other important political uh, people around the world who went to maybe like uh, deep underground bunkers uh, who might have been able to do the same um, I, I could devolve this into a different social about a bit show, but, but I won't do but I will. Briefly mention Into the Night as an, as a, as an example of um, what I'm talking about again, Netflix show, um, End of the World Scenario, uh, Small pocket Surviving and how they do that. Cool.
0: Um, awesome. So that's Into the Night, yeah. people on Netflix. Right. Uh, I think we're going to leave it there. Oh, in,
2: into the Night. Into the Night is really good. I would also recommend it. Awesome. Excellent.
0: Right. Well, everyone, I think we're going to leave it there for this week. Uh, I want to thank uh, my guests, uh, James and Doug, for joining me. Uh, we will be back next week with a our top five games of the year and also a, a discussion on The Matrix Resurrections because that movie definitely does need some discussion, to be honest. Uh, and hopefully you enjoy that as well. Uh, if you want to uh, email us at, at n-m-i, uh, podcast at podcast at with any questions, queries uh, about anything we discussed today, any uh, comments you want to put our way we will try and answer them in the following weeks going forward Uh, if you want to follow us on twitter and instagram at nmi cast that's nmi cast uh please do so there uh these podcasts are available on spotify and uh itunes uh please go give us a rating on itunes so uh we can bump up the list and i want to thank you again and have a lovely week and uh stay safe everyone and i will speak to you soon thank you everyone and thank you guys i'll speak to you later bye everyone